0: This is Russ Hackman, host of The Wall Street Sweeper. Coming up next, a new survey shows financial New Year's resolutions surpassing personal health resolutions. Plus, how do you know if you need to graduate from your existing financial advisor? It all starts now. And
1: now, The Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman
2: sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street every week here with Russ Hackman. Russ Hackman is president of Hackman Wealth Partners. This is the Wall Street sweeper. Now at Hackman Wealth Partners, that's what they do. Sweep away that clutter in your financial life from one of their offices around Boston. And the offices around Boston include downtown Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham. With Russ Hackman, 25 years in the financial industry, we also tap his Wall Street brain because he spent the early his early years on Wall Street trading desks. That, that's how we open the show, getting the take from Russ on the markets uh, for the week and what we could look for the week ahead and and further. But Russ, first, we got to go back to a very
0: big family holiday trip. Tell us about it yeah it was fantastic Dave I took my three kids uh Hope Duncan and Everett who are aged 23 20 and 16 and we went to uh France to ski and we've actually done this before now before you know people are like oh my god he's that's so highfalutin like, going <laughs> to France to ski believe it or not it, well first of all France had snow and lots of it we had fresh powder and mm-hmm. obviously until recently we haven't had any snow around here and second of all it costs about half half as much to ski in france as it does to cause to uh to ski here really lift tickets food maybe not half but hotels you know okay but i mean it's definitely cheaper so wow wonder why yeah better snow well in the you know places around here particularly the big places vermont and then out west they've just gotten out of hand with their pricing of everything okay we had a marvelous time, as uh, you know, folks who are parents out there know and, and or remember. It is tough to get all your kids together. That's right. As they as they get older, so we had a phenomenal time. You know, they have better not only is the food cheaper, but it's better. So, you know, fondue and just cheese and wine. It was amazing. Well, so I mean, we they're probably time. like you had me in France. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was a good it was a good time. And uh, yeah, getting into that subject of uh, the markets for the year so far, Dave uh, and listeners, um, it's been kind of a so-so start with the markets. Uh, you just kind of bouncing around a little bit. The stock market was down a little bit. The bond market's been down a little bit. Keep your eye on long-term interest rates as we have been and we're going to note how those influence the prices of bonds, bond funds, mortgages, credit cards, and everything. I think, you know, too early to say too much about the markets so far. I think this kind of the, um, you know, the important point is to really take stock of what's happened over the last couple of years and what it means. So in other words, yeah, it's kind of tempting to be like, hey, we had a good year in the markets and and to try to, you know, to be happy about that, because Mm -hmm. it's nice to look at your portfolio and feel, happy rather than sad right (laughs) right and indeed you saw the s&ps up around 25 percent uh last year uh the nasdaq was up more the dow's up less and you know bonds were uh somewhat negative last year but i think the real story and and i think everyone rewind like a couple years here the real story is you know 2022 was lousy 2023 was good, but the net is basically nothing, and that's disappointing. So, in other words, yeah. if you look at the S and P 500, and I'm, you know, I'm looking at now going back to remember the the markets peaked at the end of 2021, and if I look at the S and P 500 from you know the beginning of 2022 until now, well, it's basically exactly zero right so it lost 20% in 2022 it made 25% in 2023 just the way the math works out okay that's net flat right and if you in fact you know the nasdaq which you looked at being so awesome last year and that's down over the last 2 years a few percent so it's um you know it that kind of sort of big picture look and it, it, you know of course that's what matters is mm-hmm. what happens over the long term And so if you really look at that, it's like, well, gee, we really just kind of went through this roller coaster and it hasn't been any fun at all. The good news is we got back a lot of the stock market losses that people had in their portfolios. But those bond portfolios and bond fund portfolios that you see are still significantly down. So, you know, we've had a huge uh, amount of activity with folks getting on our calendar coming in to see us and saying, okay, like, okay, I got some of my my losses back, but like what should I do now? And it is a good opportunity to transition to our first chance for folks to get on our calendar uh, on this show. Come in and see us, get that second opinion, that complimentary financial plan. And, you know, the real point is, like, how do we not go through less of these roller coasters and be a little more insulated from them? And believe it or not, it is possible, generally speaking, to reduce risk and increase expected return. Let's offer that chance, Dave, to the next five cars that have saved five hundred thousand dollars or more for retirement. And 617
2: to schedule. 617 674 What a great time to, to get a clear look at our financial lives, and especially if we're nearing retirement here at the beginning of the year, still that optimistic feeling. Six one seven six seven four two thousand. Coming up, Hackman Wealth Senior Vice President and partner Claire Hare. Plutter of Wall Street every week here with the Wall Street Sweeper and Russ Hackman will be back into the studio. But we welcome now uh, a part of the show, and that is Claire Hare, who is senior vice president and partner with Hackman Wealth Partners. Claire shares a lot of great case studies with us on the show and offers us, uh, as does Russ and Jack Young, a lot of invaluable information. Claire, great to see you again uh, in looking forward to working with you in 2024. We'll have a lot of good information for you to get out.
3: Yes, same here.
2: Yeah, and and I know that you share a lot of case studies with us. In fact, uh, you're going to tell us about a client who came to you with concerns uh, about his sister and good uh, proactive tax strategies as it relates to Roth. And I know that you want to talk a little bit about strategies to make sure that your adjusted gross income doesn't affect your Roth contribution.
3: Right. So we did have an example of a client that came in and he was managing his sister's asset portfolio. So he was actually her power of attorney and had control over her finances and he was doing her taxes. So he was trying to reduce her taxes. Mm -hmm. And up to this point, he had executed some Roth conversions and people basically do that to get your assets into an after tax status. So the idea is that you're paying your taxes now before hopefully, you know, the tax rates go up so we can sort of start paying them at an earlier date. But he was kind of bumping up against the amount he was able to convert, because when you do so, you might shift someone into a higher tax bracket. Oh, yeah. So you have to be really careful with that. So, again, there's strategies that we use at Hack and Wealth Partners, and we can help individuals sort of decipher what is the best way to optimize their tax payments.
2: So there is a there's a certain amount. And I guess um, is the strategy to bump right up against that amount without going over?
3: Yes, and that's true. And in fact, um, there's several things that people can think about in this new year. And if you're thinking about minimizing your taxes overall, one of the things you want to pay attention to is your adjusted gross income figure. And that's the number that goes on your tax return. And that figure is important because, for instance, married couples who have more than 228000 of income in 2023 – if you have more than that amount, then you'll be disallowed from making any Roth IRA contributions, which is what people are trying to do. So again, that's an important figure. So keeping that low is is a definitely um, you know thing to look out for in the yeah. new year. And also there's a 3.8% surtax on net investment income, and that's income from interest, dividends, and capital gains. And when you're a married joint filer, and you hit 250000 in adjusted gross income, you'll be liable for that surtax. So another way to say, gee, oh, yeah. I've got to really watch out what I'm making. And you can reduce your adjustable gross income, and you can do that by making pre-tax contributions to traditional retirement plans like 401Ks and IRAs. So that's one thing you can do to try to get that number down. But another thing that we say to our clients— They've just raised the you know rate that they charge you if you don't pay your taxes on time. So under payment of taxes, you're now getting pen- penalized at 8% annually, and that's a big number. So oh, yeah. make sure you get your tax returns in on time.
2: Wow. Yeah, and it's a new year. I mean, a brand new. It still has the new year smell, 2024. Right. and Every year I go into it thinking, alright I'm going to play this tax game smarter this year. So what are some things now that we've got a fresh start to a new year that we need to be considering with taxes?
3: Yeah. So again, you know, we do talk about the Roth conversions. Um, you have to make sure that whatever you're doing, whether you're You know, holding assets in stocks, bonds, mutual funds that you're aware of, like the state rules as well as the federal rules. So some things that might be taxed at the federal level are not at the state and vice versa. So really making sure that you understand exactly what's in your portfolio and your financial advisor should help you do that.
2: I know there are so many things to consider. And I know that for those near retirement, uh, there are steps that they could take while still working even uh, to help mitigate the tax impact in the future. Of
3: course. Yes. And that's making your contributions to your 401ks and making sure that if you have um, an employer that does match your contribution, that's important. So, again, those are ways to reduce your taxes and get ahead of the curve on that
2: no way to make them go away, is it? I mean, they're there, aren't they? No, it's
3: unfortunately. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's something we do have to deal with. And and even with Social Security, there's, a, what is it, up to 85% of your Social Security could be subject to taxation?
3: That's correct. It, it basically depends on something called your provisional income. And that's something that, that you will calculate. And if it goes above a certain level, about $40,000 or so, then your Social Security starts to get taxed. So, again, trying to keep that tax down. And there's ways to make sure that you're taking your social security at the right time. But looking at your whole picture, it's really the whole picture that makes a difference when you're trying to calculate what you pay in taxes each year.
2: Speaking of a new year, too, I know that on um, uh, what is at the end of 2025, the current tax rate sunset. I believe that's when that is. What, what should we be looking at now in the two years or so we have left?
3: Yeah so that's that's an important number to know about in terms of the date so we did have some tax cuts that were instituted in 2017 and they're going to revert back to those levels so for instance you might be someone that's currently in the 33% tax bracket and you could get boosted up to like 35 or more so again this is like why you pay attention to this you know these numbers like adjusted gross income and making sure that you're not getting pushed up to the next higher tax bracket
2: Yeah, it seems like so much with taxes. And I know that practically all my life, I've at a certain point during the year before tax deadline date, looked back at the last year. But it's equally important, if not more, to look forward in your tax strategy. So uh, that's where Claire and Jack and, of course, Russ, the entire team uh, can come in as just one component of proper strategies, and especially for those nearing retirement. Uh, There's an opportunity on this show every week where we open the phones to make this available This being a comprehensive review, and the great thing is it's at no cost and no obligation.
3: Yes, so anyone that has over $500,000 in investable assets, not including your real estate or your home, please contact us. We'd love to have you come into one of our offices, and we'll give you a complimentary consultation on your financial portfolio.
2: Yeah, refreshing it can be too and give you a vision of your retirement, not just the tax strategies. They're very important, but uh, the overall picture of what your retirement and your general financial life could look like uh, starting to implement some of these strategies that they feel the team at Hackman Wealth would be in your best interest. So to schedule, and this is for the next five at no cost and no obligation. It's easy to schedule. Here's the number. Six one seven six seven four two thousand. 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. There's just a lot of things that we really aren't required to know. We have our own areas of expertise. That's why it's great. There's a firm like Hackman Wealth that they, they laser focus on uh, the, the financial phases of your life. And especially if you're near retirement, it's so important to get those strategies together, the right strategies for you. So again, to schedule, no cost, no obligation to the next five six one seven six seven four two thousand six one seven six seven four two thousand we'll get Russ Hackman back in the studio straight ahead. A clear picture of your financial life on this show and in front of you if you set up uh, that appointment that comprehensive review with russ hackman and the team at hackman wealth partners it is the wall street sweeper russ we're early enough in the new year to still think about resolutions and uh, we probably many has, have still not broken theirs yet uh, and actually you've got some data from a couple of surveys here and one uh they and they surveyed 417 americans 18 to 64 so a wide range but it seems like a consensus here that yeah. um in in taking finances seriously actually the results were shocking
0: yeah dave uh, this was a uh, survey from uh, statista consumer insight survey saving saving is at the forefront of mind of mind for many americans including those making resolutions for okay. the year so is it has it bumped out losing last, weight or? Yeah, i guess i guess previously it was always like lose a few pounds or hit the gym <laughs> right and now they're saying hey financial resolutions have leapfrogged the others to become the most cited res- resolution. Well, isn't that interesting? It really is. I don't really know if that is. means everyone, everyone gave up on that, Jim, but, you
2: know. Or that, just- <laughs> or they're just taking the last two years seriously. I mean, what do you think, Russ? Do you think that's it? It's a good thing. Well, I
0: think to some extent we were talking about, um, you know, the fact that the market sort of went through this big cycle. You know, people are, I think, now – you know, at the point where, there, you know, there's still so much uncertainty out there. We've got the election coming, so on and so forth. So, you know, I can see how you know, getting finances in line is is moving up there. And I definitely hear it, you know, when I meet with people of, you know, a lot of people when they come to see us are saying, hey, I've just kind of, you know, I've never really taken seriously the notion of like getting a plan in place And yeah, I got an advisor or yeah, I'm with one of these big box firms where I have an 800 number to call. But I like I I need a plan. And so I can see how that's creeping into resolutions. I guess they're saying that uh, two thirds of Americans plan to have at least one financial resolution to kick off uh, 2024. And the major concerns were interest rates and inflation. So not shocking there. Right. Right. We're going to talk more about this. But I think, you know, people really, depending on where they were, you know, if you especially are a net borrower, you know, people really felt the impact of rising interest rates. If you had credit cards, anyone who had any other kind of floating rate debt, if you had to take out a mortgage, uh, you know, people have really seen the impact of that. And, uh, you know, real concern is that even though the Fed is due to cut rates, which they probably will, Long-term interest rates might remain high for a while to come, so I can see how that's mm-hmm. uh, you know really creeping in.
2: What are you hearing um, uh, when you meet with people? Are they expressing uh, goals and resolutions with you?
0: Well, again, a, a, a lot of times folks are coming in and saying to us, "Listen, again, I've I've kind of I've kind of punted on getting plans in place, things like estate planning, which I'm going to talk more about later in the show." Uh, I've kind of, I've, I've always been kind of punting on that, and uh, you know, now especially now that you know, I kind of white knuckled it a little bit through the stock market downturn. Now that I got a lot, a lot of those losses back, like time to get something done. So a lot of people come in and see us and say, hmm. like, this is my, this is my time to get organized and actually have a plan in place. If they're somewhere else, they're kind of saying one of the things I'm going to address later in the show is. You know, how do you when do you know you need to graduate from your existing big box firm or your existing financial advisor to something that is more planning oriented? How do you know that? And that's something uh, that, uh, you know, folks come in and talk to us about. I mean, the biggest differences are and, and it is a good chance to transition to the next opportunity for folks to give us a call and come in. When you come in and see us, we talk to you about, hey, Real financial planning and objectives is focused on cash flow and retirement, managing risk, managing taxes, and the list goes on. So let's offer that next chance, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement.
2: 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000 what are your goals what are your concerns what are possible solutions for you and to meet those goals and to address those concerns that is part of this comprehensive review and next five at no cost no obligation to schedule Coming up, Russ takes questions from listeners. It always helps to get a good, clear picture of your financial life. And Russ Hackman and the team at Hackman Wealth Partners offer comprehensive financial planning. It's the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. We cover so much on this show every week, and Russ and Claire and Jack give us all a lot to think about. One thing we're going to think about and talk about here, Russ, is, is debt. If we could talk about debt and credit card debt, mortgage debt, is it okay to have this or
0: one or the other? Yeah. Great question. You know, a, a lot of people come in to see us as they're as they're planning. And, um, you know, generally speaking, yeah, the common questions are if I still have some credit card debt. I mean, I think most people have have it sort of drummed in, into them over time that you don't want much credit card debt, especially as, you know, some of those rates have really spiked to like 15 or 20 yeah. percent with interest rates being up. Right. And so most people know that they need to get their credit card debt down uh, and are actively working on that. There's nothing wrong with having a credit card, but if you can be paying it off every month, you know, that's good. That's ideal, Um, right? You know, you go through periods in your life, though, where things get tighter. I mean, I got kids in college now, so it's... I I know that feeling. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. You've been through that. So if, if you're really, you know, having to write some of those big checks, it gets tough, but you want to try to get that... Uh, credit card debt down over time. Yeah, and as it pertains to mortgage debt, this is a this is a really good question that we get a lot. Um, you know, obviously, when you're retired, you know, you would love to be debt free, including mortgages. And you know, for we meet a lot of people, especially if they've lived in the same house for a long time, that have been able to pay off their mortgage debt, mm-hmm. but. You know, if people have had to move at certain times for corporate jobs or, you know, a lot of different reasons. They, they still have a mortgage. And, you know, a common question that we get is, you know, should I take a chunk of savings and pay this down? And the, the short answer to that is usually not. Like, you don't want to take out money from your retirement accounts, take like a huge tax hit and pay off debt, especially if you have one of those. You know, a lot of people still have very good mortgage rates, you know. Two and a half, absolutely three and a half percent. So, the important thing to do in that case is not necessarily pay it off in a hurry because that's just a fantastic rate. If you figure in inflation, the the, for the cost of uh, the debt is practically zero. Now you can get
2: strategic with that rate, can't you? By having, yeah, I mean
0: you'd rather keep the money invested. You certainly don't want to pay taxes in order to pay it down in a hurry. So. To me, it just comes down to the right kind of budgeting and income planning. And if you do the right kind of financial planning and you budget in paying that mortgage regularly, eventually it's going to be gone. Uh, You know, there's every situation is different, but I I I don't advocate people taking a big chunk of their savings to uh, you know to pay off debt. So um, you know, kind of overall, as we think about. you know, debt. It kind of it kind of brings us back, Dave, to our you know our, li- our our list of resolutions, right?
2: Yeah, and that we should probably add to it. Uh, getting strategic, right. at least, with our debt. And yeah, we, we said we're going
0: to do a good job with our resolutions this year, and I think I'm. I'm we we may. I get sick of the name resolution, so we <laughs> need, we need to come up with a different. <laughs> we name. We do like, need a know, different name. Yeah, that's our two do's. but you know, it's 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 to me a lot of this is. um you know, the low hanging fruit, not to say paying off credit card debt is easy, but what are the low hanging things that that almost all of our listeners can address that can make a difference in their life, whether they you know, whether they ever see us or not? You know, the real question is, how, how can you make your life better with a few simple changes? So yeah, working to get that credit card debt down over time, don't worry so much about that mortgage debt. And then, you know, when we had our previous list that we were talking about even uh, before uh, the end of the year, Dave, you know, we were talking about, you know, some of the important things you can do, like increasing your 401k allocations, making sure that, super important, making sure that your 401k allocations are correct, that you have the right amount of stock money in the stock market, you don't have too much in bonds, or hardly any in bonds, I think those are, you know, even though uh, the financial press has started to say bonds are okay, I don't necessarily agree. All that conversation goes into these meetings that we have, complimentary second opinions and financial plans. Let's offer another opportunity, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement.
2: And at no cost, no obligation, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. And that is how you schedule this comprehensive review with Russ and the team about you, your financial life, if you're near retirement, about that journey to retirement. 617-674-2000. Russ coming up takes questions from listeners. away the clutter of Wall Street, sweeping away the clutter in your financial life. It's the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. You know, Russ, uh, this is one of my favorite segments of the show. It's where we hear from the listeners and you answer questions uh, sent in by the listeners, which, by the way, you can do if you go to HackmanWealth.com, HackmanWealth.com, and click the radio tab. We've got some good questions to get to. Though, before we do that, uh, in keep, keeping with the, our theme of resolutions today, let's hear from Jim Kramer on saving.
1: And when it comes to managing your money, nothing is more important than retirement. Sooner or later, you're going to stop working. Hopefully sooner rather than later, unless you really love your job. So I'm betting most of you, even if you don't own individual stocks, still have some money in a 401k plan. Now, decades ago, corporate pensions started going the way of the dodo, and now the 401k is the main way that Americans save for retirement.
0: But that's not yet a plan, though, is it, Russ? Well, that's right. I mean, retirement savings—he's talking about, but uh, you know, we were alluding to earlier the importance of uh, you know getting that four hundred and one k allocation right. And it is true. Like we're we're sort of living in this world where you're responsible for your retirement. You know, that means that depending on where you are in the asset spectrum. And, and, you know, I, I say in this show that we, you know, we meet people from, you know, have $500,000, a million, two, three, four, even $20 million all over that. And if you, unless you have $5 million or more, you know, you got to worry about your money lasting. Most people have 5 million or more. They, you know, they got as the expression, you know, more money, more problems, (laughs) uh, you know, th- there are <laughs> issues that those clients face, and, and we work with plenty of them, too. But, um, yeah, h- how do you make sure without the golden pension and the gold watch, like, how do you make sure your money lasts? I mean, that's just that's just one of the more important things, um, you know, yeah. I- in your life right now. And we're, we're going to talk more in our next segment about um, – you know, how do you know if you have the right kind of financial advisor, because there's a couple different kinds of advisors, but you know, the real focus is, you know, how do I have someone's going to make sure that my you know, work with me to make sure my money's going to last, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, let's, I, let's dive into the questions for, uh, for this week, Dave. Well,
2: we got one from Steve who who's saying this, Russ. I've been following the news that we'll be we'll be able to buy Bitcoin in ETF form. Why is that important? Does that mean Bitcoin is a good buy?
0: It's like, oh, brother! Like I can, I, we can all groan, <laughs> including me, because it's like, like every two or three. Year, remember, remember, it was like every every. It was like two years ago or something like that. When yeah, Bitcoin was at its high. Oh, absolutely. Like, every knucklehead at thanksgiving was like oh, God, rich <laughs> on bitcoin and then, you know,
3: <laughs> exactly. then they all
0: went away cuz bitcoin was up to 60,000 then it went down to around 15,000 maybe even a little lower and now it's sort of back at like 46, 47, 48,000 but Volatile. Uh, you know, the, wow. yeah well the two or so two reasons it's getting attention this year is it's going up again so that you know that gets people wondering oh, well do I, do I need to get back on the back to the knucklehead at Thanksgiving? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, what is this ETF buzz and basically what's going and does it matter to me? Right. And does Bitcoin matter to me at all? I mean, the short answer to it all is Bitcoin should not matter that much to you. Why it's way too volatile as to what Bitcoin is. It's a digital currency. Uh, and to, uh, some folks, uh, it is a little bit of the holy grail. It's as good as sort of exchange. It has the anonymity of, of dealing with, like, cash face-to-face. Like, if I gave you a $100 bill face-to-face, mm-hmm. right? It's not tracked. It's not – you know, you can't – you don't know that it happened. And right. so the confidentiality of it and uh, is interesting, but it, it basically – Bitcoin is the equivalent of that, but I could do it with anyone anywhere in the world at any time, right? Have non-trackable instant transactions, which obviously appeals to the criminal elements out there. <laughs> but right. you know, for you know, for 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 us regular folks, you know, it's interesting to follow that investing in Bitcoin is becoming more mainstream. The Securities and Exchange Commission, much to their own displeasure, has kind of been forced by the U.S. courts to make it easier for people to invest in Bitcoin through index-type funds or exchange-traded funds. And that's just happening. So. You know, does it mean that that's something for you? No. To me, Bitcoin is, I mean, I own a little bit myself, a couple of the other sort of cryptos. And and to me, it is, uh, I mean, it's it's practically riskier than gambling.
2: Should it just be play <laughs> right now? It's it's
0: a- it, it, it is just play money. I think there's something there for the future, but it, it can't be. And I think if you want to dabble in it with for a few bucks, but I don't, it's not part of any particular portfolio. And believe me, if it's going up this year and next, which maybe it will be, there'll be another trail of tears. Oh, <laughs> Basically, <yeah. laughs> that, that's, that's the history of oh, Bitcoin God. is... You know, a couple years of euphoria and then two or three years of a trail of tears and then, euphoria <laughs> so on and so again. Forth. yeah, right, exactly. But sounds uh, like my
2: typical weekend, but anybody, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> uh, just um, remind you, hackmanwealth.com. You can submit a question, click the radio tab. Here's Angelo What are the benefits of a Roth 401k over a Roth
0: IRA? And thank you and happy new year. Well, that is a super important question. And this I like we talk about Roths being sort of the holy grail of accounts, meaning that they are money you've already paid tax on, but you'll never have to pay tax on again, even if it appreciates and even if you pass it to your kids. Right. That's great. And so the question is, like, how do I get as much money as possible into a Roth account? Mm -hmm. Uh, And you can do so in certain ways, but one of the best ways is if you are in an okay tax bracket, meaning like the 24% tax bracket, the 22% tax bracket or lower, and you're still working, you may have the option at your employer of a Roth um, 401k, which means that you can contribute if you're above 50, you can contribute Uh, Over thirty grand a year into a Roth, pay your taxes now, but then never pay uh, tax on that money again, and that's interesting. Uh, So the Roth 401k gives you much higher limits. Uh, It is great advice to give to kids and grandkids if you're seeing them around. Is get your money into Roth in the workplace. Uh, There's some smart kids out there that are going to end up paying tax today, and they're going to be having tax-free retirements, you know, 40, 50 years from now. So Mm. really valuable. That kind of tax planning, tax discussion is something that is hard to find. We do it. uh, Other independent advisors do it. Uh, Big box firms don't really talk about taxes and long-term tax planning. Their lawyers just won't have it. Let's offer an opportunity, day for folks to come in, get a complimentary financial plan, which includes... A tax liability estimate and a tax reduction plan.
2: And what a great opportunity here because it is at no cost, no obligation to the next five. 674 674 Coming up, graduating from one financial advisor to another. What does it mean to graduate from one financial advisor to another, and should you consider it? That's the uh, topic of conversation here on The Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. I'm uh, consumer advocate Dave Perkins. We get together every week, and Russ gives us so much to consider, along with uh, Claire Hare and Jack Young. They offer great case studies, as Russ is getting into and I'm really curious about this, what you mean by this, graduating from your current financial advisor, possibly.
0: Most of our the folks who come in and see us already have a financial advisor, whether that's a big box firm, whether it might be their local bank, whether it might be one of the big discount operations like a Fidelity or a Vanguard or a Schwab they have something in place, generally speaking, they're coming in and talking to us saying, Russ, I hear you talking about like plans that actually are targeted towards financial objectives. So in other words, there's really two kinds of financial advisors out there. And by the way, there's no, for anyone who would like a little more clarity about our profession, of course, you know, there isn't any clarity because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so people can call themselves, you know, brokers or financial advisors or retirement planners. And there really is no regulation much that that sort of influences what people can call themselves. So that's that's why it's very confusing. But you basically have two kinds of advisors out there. One is someone who is really focused on managing your money. So in other words, you meet them they either over the phone or in person, you know, obviously they'll talk to you about your plans and objectives. But what you end up with really is a portfolio generally that consists of stock funds and bond funds. They're evaluating you and saying you seem like a moderate risk person or a higher risk person or couple. And you end up with a portfolio of mostly stock funds and bond funds. And then what I call sort of a default report, which is, Folks at a lot of those institutions, they're not allowed to do really tailored financial plans, so they really have this uh, lawyer-approved and automated plan that a lot of you you have gotten that says – basically, they hit enter, and it says, hey, based upon your – there's plenty of free uh, financial calculators online that do the same thing based on your assets, your age, your budget, your Social Security, your this, your that – you know, we'll give you a statistical probability that your money will last. Right. And let's be clear, that is not a financial plan. So that's one kind of a financial advisor. And there, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that kind of financial advisor, right? You just need a different financial advisor as you get older, as you get closer to, as you're in that retirement red zone, you're getting closer to, or you're actually in retirement because the way that uh, folks, finances needs to be managed close to our in retirement is completely different than when you're in your 30s, 40s, and 50s. You know, our early 50s. Yeah, it makes sense.
2: You said it right? earlier. More falls on us now too for retirement,
0: right? One is just kind of the first. The first job is kind of grow the assets over time, right? So that's a certain kind of financial advisor, and of course, at, at, but the second kind of financial advisor says, okay. Now that we have this nest egg, how do we do things that are actually important to us in retirement and that cover off us off against this much riskier time in life when we don't have job income coming in anymore, right? Yeah. And so in other words, and, and, and the types of things that are important are, and that's when you, if you, if you. Get into t- talking about objectives and how are we going to meet objectives, and how are we going to stress test things to make sure that our objectives are met almost no matter what. That's real financial planning, and that's done by sort of this second kind of financial advisor, which we are. We 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 do you know work to grow assets over time, but we're very very focused on. Um, Meeting objectives and what I, what what are important objectives? Well, there's kind of universal objectives, right? Just like there are. You remember uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Dave? You know, you, you need to yeah. eat, you know, sleep, shelter instagram likes or somewhere you
2: know (laughs) quickly
0: rising to the top of that so just like people have sort of physical and emotional and, and basic emotional needs there is sort of a financial hierarchy of needs and the financial hierarchy of needs always starts with hey if i if i live to 90 95 100 whatever i might live to How do I make sure I have money coming in no matter what? So basically assurance of cash flow. Now, when I say no matter what the lawyers listening, there's always caveats to everything. Right. But it is true that you can be pretty if you start with the right nest egg, you can be pretty darn sure it's going to last. And it doesn't mean you have millions and millions and millions of dollars. Right. Right. So number one. Let's talk about we got to be sure that our uh, our cash flow needs are going to be met. We The other the second piece of the financial hierarchy of needs is making sure that, hey, if I look at market history going back for 200 years, Wall Street has been blowing itself up and blowing up the rest of the country basically every 10 to 20 years, mm-hmm. right? And usually they get bailed out and the rest of the country is sort of nursing its way along, right? <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> Reference 0809. Yeah, exactly. And um, right. And and so when Wall Street does blow itself up and all of us up, then the point is like how do I not and and by blow itself up, I mean the market goes down 30, 40, 50%, right? Just look at history. That does happen every 10 to 20 years. The longest you got to wait is 20 years. So you if you're in your in your 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, you can be darn sure one of those is going to happen while you're still alive. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, job number two is when that happens, I cannot be losing 30 or 40 percent. And by the way, I can't be having a situation where like 2022, where the stock market's going you know, into the proverbial shoot and also the bond markets going down. And imagine if 2022 had been a lot worse, right? We got lucky that that was only a category two or three storm. Imagine if it had been a lot worse. So a good retirement planner or the second kind of financial advisor will help address uh, market risk, making sure that you can sustain and proving it basically through detailed financial plans that you can sustain market downturns. We got a plan for having less than half of our money in stocks, half of our money safe at least. We got a plan to reduce taxes, so on and so forth. All of those components come into play when folks come in and see us for a second opinion as they're wondering, hey, do I need to graduate to a different kind of financial advisor? And pretty often the answer is yes. Let's offer that opportunity, Dave, to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement.
2: 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. If you're near retirement, is it time to graduate to uh, a firm that focuses on retirement planning that is the question and you can get a great sense of that with this comprehensive review 617-674-2000 coming up why estate planning should be added to your new year's resolutions The clutter of Wall Street from their offices around Boston. Which one is convenient to you? Downtown Wakefield, Hingham, and Waltham. It's Hackman Wealth Partners. It's the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman, who is president of this firm, and a great team, too, who you know from this show also, uh, Clear Hair and Jack Young. Well, Russ, uh, we talked about resolutions today. You touched on this a little bit earlier, uh, but estate planning, why
0: should that be included in our list of financial resolutions? Well, this is one of the easiest ones to sort of blow off, right, because, you know, first of all, what does estate planning mean? It means getting the requisite documents in place. So if something happens to you, not just if you pass away, but if you become very ill or incapacitated, that the things you want to happen, happen. And so that consists of wills, that consists of healthcare proxies, powers of attorney, who, who has authority to make decisions for you if you're incapacitated. All of those things come into a good financial plan if you have more assets it can be a discussion around estate tax liability it can be planning for what if we incur a lot of long term care costs mm-hmm. we don't want the we don't want our state to be bled dry and leave nothing to our kids because we got hit by those costs. All of those things are addressed in a good estate plan, and it's very hard to find A, the right lawyer to do it or not pay a zillion dollars doing it. So a good financial planner can help you with that. So we do that, and I'm sure we're not the only ones, but um, this also belongs on our uh, resolutions list, Dave, and so I'm, I'm kind of continuing to grow this thing, and I'm keeping it on my my desktop you know make sure that you've sort of dusted off those documents review if you need trusts or not a good independent planner we work with a a network of attorneys across uh, several states but um, you know all around uh, certainly the New England area you know it's state by state laws for estate planning so you've got to have uh, the right attorney and a good independent financial planner can make sure that your financial plan and your estate plan are speaking to each other can even coordinate with your estate planning attorney and can even help you find an estate plan- planning attorney, we do this at a much more reasonable price. There are networks of estate planning attorneys that that face off against financial advisors and provide much better pricing because they know that we can help package the data and walk clients uh, through the process much more easily than just sort of someone walking in off the street. So uh, as we wrap up this um Again, one of our, our first shows here of uh, 2024. Again, thank you all. We have so many loyal listeners that uh, you know talk to me about being a loyal listener all the time, and I appreciate it so much. Let's offer one final opportunity to those listeners, Dave, to... Uh, Come in and see us. Get on our calendar for a complimentary second opinion.
2: 617-674-2000 to schedule. 617-674-2000. Next five, no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000. Thanks so much for listening today. It's a fresh look at our financial lives, what needs to be considered every week on the Wall Street Sweeper.
1: Investments and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, or surrender charges, as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer. Agents receive payment in the form of commission and/or other compensation, such as a percentage of the organization's profits from selling an annuity from the insurance company. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A Item 4, for additional information.